Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely amazing day today. And how are you doing today, Dad? Austin doing absolutely wonderful as always. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And, you know, I want to thank you guys because I've gotten a lot of feedback for the last three days, you know, from me and Austin as far as the shows that we've done for the last few days. And Don wrote me a letter and he wrote an email and he said, Brother Ted, I just finished listening to your three shows this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you and Austin were firing at a target, every shot would have been through the same hole. Probably the most intense grouping of shows I've listened to. And I've listened to all of your shows since you started. Your teaching has taken me and others into a deeper understanding in many areas that you have taught, which are too many to number. But I have seen the responses of support from the listeners that have sharpened you as well. Iron sharpens iron. This is a proverb, by the way. And we raise each other's knowledge and understanding. This also gives us spiritual support that allows each of us to know that we are not alone. That is a great comfort. We are working to tell the truth to others to see that the Holy Spirit draw people to Jesus. All our efforts are drawn from the support of the Spirit and what we give to each other. Thanks for bringing us all together. Your brother Don, P.S., he goes on to say, I know of no other talk show host that is as personal as you are. It is what sets you apart from the others. You care deeply, and it shows in your words and in your deeds. Blessings upon you and your family. I want to thank Don for that. And I get many, many emails and texts that are similar to this. And I want to share that with you. Now, why would I share that with you? Because it's just, uh, it's just, it's just very important that we understand that we're together as a unit here on the show. We're a family. Now, I don't think more highly of myself than I should as far as my abilities on this show. I don't. I thank God for the abilities that he's given me because it's through the Holy Spirit that I believe that he leads me. Romans 12, 4 says it this way. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment according to the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and not all members have the same function, so in Christ, who are many are one body, and each member belongs to one another. I love these verses that Paul wrote. He also talked about this in Corinthians too. And he basically talks about just as a body, though one has many parts, but all has many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, every, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Then he goes on to say, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he goes on to say, in verse 15, now if the foot should say, and I'm, by the way, I'm posting these scriptures on the uh, Health Masters news site. I figure they're more important than, you know, hearing about the news that anyhow. Now, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Guys, I want to thank you. We're all part of this. And, you know, and I've seen that unity really develop in the last year on the show and specifically in the last few days we've really really dialed it in and I want to thank you now I'm not saying that you have to agree with everything that I say or everything that Austin says 
shoot, sometimes I'll listen to a show for, that I did a couple, four or five years ago. I'll listen to part of it. I'll say, well, yeah, I need to change that. I don't quite agree with that. So I disagree with myself from something five years ago when I get more information and more knowledge and more understanding in a certain topic area. And that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to grow as individuals and grow as Christians. We're supposed to continue to love one another and support one another. That's why I pray for you guys every day. I know I tell you that all the time, but I want you to know something I do. I pray for you every day. This morning, Savannah and Sharon and I all prayed, and you guys were brought up again, as you always are, because it's important to me because you're part of my family that I ask God to protect you and to direct you and to guide you and to bless you because it's what we do. And I believe, like Don says, because we care for one another, it separates the show. This show isn't about some megalomaniac doing a show, screaming and yelling, wearing a pointed hat, or putting on duck ears and acting like a weirdo. Yeah, duck ears was a metaphor, but it was a joke. And then so you guys would hear that. But this, I mean, but we have talk show hosts that get out there and they want to do like a comedy skit. I don't, I don't do that. You know, they put on funny faces and weird helmets and weird. They act like a bunch of, like a bunch of nuts. That's not what this is. I am not a megalomaniac, and I can't stand megalomaniacs. I, I can't stand them. And there are a bunch of talk shows out there right now that are megalomaniacs. And there's a whole bunch of preachers out there right now that are megalomaniacs. They really aggravate me. I did, but I'm not going to go there today. But guys, I just want to also share something with you real quick, too. Last night, Savannah was talking this morning, and she said that she went to a Bible study last night at the church. It's like a home group. About 20 or 30 college kids get, kids get together, and they start talking about the perils of alcohol. Now, it's a Baptist church, so you're going to get the perils of alcohol lecture. And I asked her, I said, did you talk about how Jesus turned water into wine? And she goes, well, no, I didn't bring that up. And I said, okay. And I said, did you talk about the fact that you know they'll sit down, these Baptists will, and have a big ham dinner? And the Bible specifically forbids the eating of pork. And I didn't bring that up either. And I said, the Bible doesn't specifically forbid the drinking of alcohol. Now, it forbids drunkenness. Now, Say, having said all that, I probably would have been the one thrown out of the house last night. That's probably would have been me. But here's the thing. We've got, no, you, you know I'm right, Austin, because these Baptists are funny about this. But here's, here's the deal, okay? I was raised in a German beer tavern. My mom opened it up basically after my mom and my dad got divorced, and it was a big mess, all right? And I didn't like being raised like that. Now, there were a lot of people who drank beer and came into the tavern every night who were really good people. And some of them actually may have been saved. They never talked about Jesus, not one time that I ever remember hearing, but they may have been saved. But they didn't get drunk a lot, which isn't good. And I saw a lot of really crazy things, like people get shot and get knifed and everything else while I was in there as a child. I mean, it was pretty awful, actually. So here's what I'm going to tell you about alcohol. Alcohol increases the risks of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, alcoholism, osteoporosis, and breast cancer, period. No dispute. In addition to that, about 10% of the population is genetically predisposed if they start drinking alcohol, they're going to get addicted to it, and they're going to become alcoholics. If you have a father or an uncle or a brother or, or a sister or anybody in your immediate family who's a boozer, who stays drunk a lot, don't touch alcohol. Chances are you're genetically predisposed. Just give you a heads up on that. Now, <clears throat> here's now let me say one other thing. If you occasionally had a glass of ice cold beer or a glass of wine, I'm talking like a couple times a year, not like every day, and you're not genetically predisposed and you don't have alcoholism in your family, it's not a big deal. I'd rather have you take a shot of Jack Daniels with some honey and some lemon juice in it for a toddy if you're not addicted to alcohol to go to bed at night if you've got a cold than I would NyQuil. Now, NyQuil contains alcohol. It contains ethanol, just like Jack Daniels does. Just a, just a heads up here, all right? The difference is 
people will take NyQuil and they'll drink it and they don't even realize it's laced with Tylenol, acetaminophen, and it says right on the label, too much of this is going to blow out your liver. You're going to basically need a liver transplant. You destroy your liver, the whole bit, right on the label. So, I mean, NyQuil is like a nightmare. Any of those, any of those liquid cold medicines that combine alcohol and Tylenol together should never be used by a human being or anything. All right? So, where do we draw the line with this? Here's where we draw the line. Just be cautious. Don't get drunk. My gosh, that's now drunkenness is a sin. That's that's straight laid out as a sin. So don't do it. But if you had a glass of beer, a glass of wine every once in a while, whatever. This morning I had a cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, I did. I had a cup of coffee. Now you go, oh, I can't believe you drank coffee. Nowhere in the Bible does it say thou shalt not drink coffee. It doesn't say that. But that doesn't mean you, can't, you should be drinking 18 cups of coffee a day like I did in college. That was ridiculous. I killed myself. So... Think through what you're doing and do things in moderation for the most part. Now, eating a pork and shellfish, strictly forbidden foods that God said don't eat, I don't think you should ever eat that stuff. But if you get stuck eating a piece of pork by accident because of somebody's food and you didn't know about it, you're not going to go to hell for that. It's ridiculous. But you may you may get sick from it. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, it's not healthy meat to eat. It's primary cause of cancer globally, according to the World Health Organization. And now, and now, as far as those things are concerned, you know, Bill Gates has been working with genetic. I'm going to change it. This was a terrible segue, but I'm going to segue anyhow. Bill Gates was working for years now with the, the global funds as far as developing genetically modified mosquitoes. It's always Bill Gates. Who is? It should be Bill Gates slash Soros slash Rothschild. That's who this is. And now they're actually talking about having genetically modified mosquitoes released in Key West. They've been trying to push this for years and years and years. Well, they're about to do it. Well, you got to remember something, guys. Mosquitoes are flying hypodermic needles. They've got a, what's called a proboscis. It's like a needle thing. It kind of sticks in people. And they, what they do is they inject a fluid that in the proboscis into you first. It's an anticoagulant, which contaminates you, which that means you can give you malaria or some other disease. And then they draw your blood back out. So when you slap a mosquito that just lands on your skin and he has blood all over you because of that, that mosquito doesn't have blood. That's something else he drank from somebody else. All right? Just, it's a newsflash. They're basically a... Uh, high flying hyperdermic needle. So knowing Bill Gates and his nefarious junk that he does, how do we know he's not developing mosquitoes to help administer coronavirus vaccine? That's a long stretch for this show. But I've seen some crazy stuff from DARPA and what they do and the stuff they resisted. Now, let me say something to you about this. I don't I don't for one second believe that the coronavirus vaccine could be administered in high enough dosing from a mosquito to make a difference in your body. I don't believe it could be. And I also don't believe that you're going to get a mark of the beast from a mosquito on something you don't want to bite you that you've given no permission to. I don't believe that either. I know, I know my God better than that, and I know the love that we have through Christ Jesus. But when we have these sickos doing everything they possibly can, the article came out this morning, it says, it doesn't matter who wins this election, there will be civil war. Now, that's interesting. That's a pretty negative comment to make. But it says, the article goes out and says, regardless of who is elected, it will be civil war. Now, why did it say that? Well, because they're pushing it. Remember, the, the Rothschild banking cartel forced our civil war by backing both sides in the United States trying to weaken the nation. The Rothschild yep. banking cartel started World War One. They started World War Two. They ran the Vietnam War in order to sling dope. All of it's because of these guys. They start every war. They finance it. That Rothschild's mother back in the 1700s says, there wouldn't be war if my child or my son did not will it. That's how, that's how perverted these guys are. They want their new world order, and they can't do it with the United States intact. 
we've got to be real frosty now because, guys, these guys are pushing for full-blown civil war. So what's going on in Portland? And apparently they can't even try to stop it out there. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's nonsense. Austin, what do you think? No, you're spot on. I mean, all wars, all wars are banker wars, in my opinion. Everything I've researched over the last couple of centuries, it always leads back to the bankers in some way, shape, or form. So always remember, wars are designed not only to massively, massively increase the money that goes into the military-industrial complex, which huge portions of the bankers control. It's also designed to be population control. I mean, look what we had in Vietnam. There, it, Vietnam was based on a complete and total lie with the submarine. Everything about Vietnam was a lie. Everything about Vietnam was a complete and total failure, so to speak. And I'm not saying that a lot of the guys out there didn't risk their lives and die because they believed they were doing the right thing, but there was no legitimate purpose to be in Vietnam. None at all. Zero. And we've seen that now almost every single war. There's always some basis of uselessness to it. But in turn, people still go and fight. They still go and die. And in turn, at the very end, most of the time, the bankers get some type of significant hold. Look at the Middle East. Before 9-11, there were hardly any central banks in the Middle East anywhere. Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, Iraq, any of them, none of them. Was like, like none of them had central banks over there. By the time we got done rampaging the Middle East by the early, what, 2010, 2012, almost every single country in the Middle East had a central reserve bank enacted over there. The only ones that were left were basically Libya. And you had Gaddafi that basically was planning, blatantly planning, and it's come out now, repeated reports at Intel, that he was planning on bringing out a gold-backed currency to trade oil on, to remove the petrodollar from the Middle East. Oh, then, of course, oh, we have to take out Gaddafi. He's a bad guy, bad, bad, bad guy. we got to go in there and throw him out. got to go there and do another coup. And the same thing happens over and over and over and over again. The thing is with the United States, the bankers pretty much already control majority of the United States government. That's just, I mean, you can argue with me on that, but I can show you 50 different reasons why, all the way down to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, the lobbying, the pedophilia, the blackmail, the child trafficking. It all goes down the list. So in some way, shape, or form, majority, not all, but majority of the people in the government. Remember, you only have to have more than 50, 50, 51, 55 percent. That's all you really have to have, a little bit more than 50 percent. And you can pretty much control majority of the government. Because you'll still have the patriotic leaders like Ron Paul, but they're far and few between. It doesn't matter. If you've got a couple of those guys, stragglers out there, they don't have to try to control them or get dirt on them as long as they control the rest of the Senate or the rest of the Congress, vice versa, goes down the line. And so what we're seeing now is a massive purge in restriction information via social media. Social media has pretty much become the new Gutenberg press now. It's the true free media, or it used to be, I should say, for the most part, because people can take real news and post it up there and see what's going on. And as we see all these things and all this censorship fall into place, we also see the anarchy and violence that's being funded through the communist left in these different cities like Portland. Now, what's interesting to me about this is I've had numerous emails now from customers in Australia. I have a lot of customers in Australia. I love my customers in Australia. They're awesome. I've been to Australia. Beautiful country. Australia is great except they got disarmed what, about 15 years ago. And ever since they've been disarmed, they've slowly been on this track of tyranny down the line. And now it's coming out that the prime minister of Australia has basically come out now and said that everybody is going to have to get a vaccine. 
it's pretty much going to be mandated. He went on as far to say, I would expect it to be as mandatory as we could possibly make it. That's his quote. Now, what's interesting about this is I've now got an email on two separate occasions from customers that are now saying they've been notified that once the coronavirus has been enacted, the mandate, that they will be losing all disability pensions and retirements. I've had another email from basically a customer down there, and he said, I've now been notified I'll be losing my disability pension if I refuse to take the Aussie COVID vaccine. I guess I will be going homeless now. I am not a sheep. And this is happening now down there. And what's interesting about this, this is the most troubling part. This is the most troubling part of what I'm seeing in Australia. Australia's population is right under 26 million. It's like 20, 25 and a half, 25.6. But say for austerity's sake, it's basically 26 million people. 26 million people in the country of Australia. You know how many deaths they've had due to COVID-19, even with manipulated numbers in Australia? Per John Hopkins University, as of today, they have had 463 deaths. I didn't stutter. 463 deaths in the last seven months, allegedly, to COVID, out of a population of 26 million. Now, some quick mathematics, that'll show you that's 0.0017% of the population have died, allegedly, from COVID in the last six to eight months in Australia. 0.0017%. We're talking about going in the 100th percentile here. 100th of 1 percentile, excuse me. We're talking the numbers are so low, you have more deaths per month by almost any other cause except COVID in Australia. But they're saying that it's such a pandemic and it's so horrific in Australia, they need to have mandatory vaccines. One theory about this, I watched a doctor interview the other day who was massively critiquing and criticizing what we've done to this country in the United States over COVID and how it's interesting when you look at countries that are usually pretty much outside countries, meaning they're by the equator, they get a large amount of sun, they're very outdoor active populace, they have very, very low rate of death via COVID, even when they feel in numbers. Australia being one of those. I've been to Australia, I had the privilege of going there when I was younger with dad, and uh, long flight, long flight. Beautiful country, great diving. I love scuba diving. The diving out there is amazing. And people down there are really nice. It's a really cool country. But it's hot. It's sunny out there. There's no question about it. And that's the location. So you're now saying that a population with 26 million with 460 deaths over an eight-month period, equating to a .0017 percentile death rate, now is necessary to mandate a vaccine. Now, it's interesting about this, what a lot of people haven't talked about either, is they now have gone through and actually secured a secret international deal to produce a vaccine front runner, front runner locally. They're going in now and actually coupled with a contracting company that's going to be making the pharmaceutical COVID-19 vaccine. So it appears from what I'm reading and the further as it goes down the line that they are going to be bringing in a massive amount of revenue. It's a Swedish-British pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca to purchase the COVID-19 vaccine currently under development in partnership with the University of Oxford. Now they're saying it's going to be free for all Australians, which that basically means taxpayers are going to be footing the bill for the toxic COVID-19 vaccine. So ask yourselves a question, my Australian friends. 
how far are you willing to take this if you know this vaccine is an RNA-based vaccine that's never been approved for human usage in the history of the FDA, at least here in the United States, and now it's being sped through at an unprecedented rate, even for the most basic vaccine, not to mention an RNA vaccine, and they're telling you they're going to mandate it all across the board for every man, woman, and child because you have a .0017% death rate. What are you going to say to this? Are you going to consent, or are you going to basically be rebellious and say, no, I'm not going to be forcibly injected with a vaccine that has no type of basis or need. Remember, for a vaccine to really truly be warranted, an immunization, an immunization to be truly warranted, it has to be highly deadly and highly contagious. That cannot even come close to fitting the requirements for that in Australia for at least what they're dealing with down there. Wake up and see what's going on and understand we are being completely lied to in order to get our consent to accept something to be injected into our body that we have no idea or understanding fully yet on what it's going to do to us, Dad. I, I, my deepest, my deepest uh, sympathies to you guys in Australia. I, I, I've got a lot of folks. I've got Jackie down there and and her family, and I've got a bunch of other friends down there, and I, I just, I feel awful for you guys. I mean, you know, your crown government basically allowed you to be disarmed years ago, and we're seeing the culmination of that. And I know some of you still have some guns, and some of them are registered, etc. cetera. Uh, just be real careful down there, and just, you know, make a decision on what you want to do as far as if you're going to capitulate. I mean, they're stopping people in cars in Australia, breaking the windows out of the cars, because they're not telling them where they want to go, and dragging them forcefully and handcuffing them and putting them in shackles. The, yeah, that's, that's happening in Australia right now. I mean, this is crazy that this is happening in Australia. I mean, we were there many, many years ago. I think Austin was like, I think, 14 years old. It's been like 16, 17, 18 years ago. It was two decades. It's a beautiful country. We actually flew into Melbourne, and then we then we basically flew up to, to, uh, to Cairns and went diving on the Great Barrier Reef, and then we flew back down to Sydney, went to the Opera House, saw a play there. I mean, we had a blast. Picked up a ship there, took the ship from there to New Zealand. I mean, we were gone for like a month. It's a long trip down there. And it was an absolute blast. Went to an old, old western town, I believe, outside of Melbourne out there. Forgot what the name of it was, but it was really, really nice. So we, we love Australia. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. And it's just the problem is, is that, you know, you, you, you've, you've allowed your politicians, because you, like all the rest of us, we're kind of forced to do what they tell us to do, whether we want them in there or not. They seem to get reelected. And now you're seeing the full brunt of the tyranny. So just do the best you can to keep us posted up here. We'll continue to pray for you. It's all we can do. Because, you know, this is a beta test is what this is. It's, you know, how much can they do to you? How how are they going to implement it? You're, you're about a tenth size, not even a tenth the size of the United States as far as population, huge country. But they want you to basically uh, comply. And I know a lot of you guys aren't going to comply. A lot of you guys are going to basically stand your ground on this. And I commend you for that. I really do. Because, guys... If we don't stand our ground on being injected with an RNA vaccine, where do we draw that line? Where do we draw the line of genug, genug? That means a German word. That means enough. When are we going to have enough? When will we have enough of this mess happening in the United States and all over the world now? To, right now, brought to you by the Kabbalists. You know, it's so funny. We say the banker wars. Well, okay. Well, we we got to we got to keep. Putting that in the siphon thing of drawing it down tighter and tighter and tighter, it all comes back down to the synagogue of Satan. That's where it comes. That's what the Bible straight calls it out, which are the Kabbalists, the Luciferians, and they're the ones that run the planet. 
And we, and we see that now. We understand that now. And they're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things to us. And they're continuing to do that. Now, other things in the news this week have also been the fact that, you know, we had a meteorite pass closely to by the United States, by the world, about a thousand miles away at this closest point, which is very close. And it was a small one. It wasn't going to do any damage. NASA missed it. Now, why don't I talk about all of that stuff all the time? Why don't I talk about the United States and Planet X and meteorites and all these other little subtopics? Well, here's why. Because they're distractions. The distractions. I promise you, if, there, if we're going to have a major media, meteorite impact, they're not going to tell us about it. They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you. So, you know, why am I going to dwell on it? Because all that does is create more fear porn. That's all it does. That's why I don't even post those stories most of the time, unless they can be substantiated, you know, on the Health Masters news site. Because, you know, we can start putting all this stuff. It's like this China narrative, this constant China narrative that China's doing everything. It ain't China. Now, there may be Chinese officials involved, but they're being orchestrated through the Kabbalists. we got to understand that everybody's being used like a pawn in a game. Read that book by William Guy Carr, Pawn in the Game. Read his second book, Satan, Prince of This World. Read that one, too. That's really important to read that one. you got to read those two books that William Guy Carr wrote and understand that this battle is not against flesh and blood. I always bring it back to you on this. I try to bring it back every show because these guys are playing for blood. They're playing for world dominion. They're playing basically anything they have to do to get what they want for their demon gods. Just remember that. Another interesting uh, thing of development down here in Palm Beach, here in Florida, Laura Loomer has won the GOP primary for a district that covers Mar-a-Lago. Now, Mar-a-Lago, she's basically been banned on everything, every social media thing ever. Now, I don't agree with everything she says. But some of the stuff she says is pretty good. But Trump has actually congratulated conspiracy theorists. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When you tell the truth sometimes, that's all you're going to be is a conspiracy theorist. Laura Loomer on winning the GOP primary for district that covers Mar-a-Lago. Loomer's 27 years old. She defeated five candidates to win the Republican Party for the U.S. House of Representatives seat that include Trump's Mar-a-Lago club. Great going, Laura. You have a great chance against the Pelosi puppet. The president tweeted late Tuesday. Conspiracy theorists has claimed that survivors of mass shootings were crisis actors and being a Sandy hoax, ho- hoaxer. <laughs> Sorry to like this girl. Uh, Loomer has been slammed for making anti-Muslim comments, which she should have done that. Of course, she's Jewish, so she did, they really, really hate Muslims. In 2018, she was banned from Twitter for calling Representative Elon Omar anti-Jewish. And there's no surprise there. The previous year, she was banned from using Uber and Lyft when she tweeted that someone needs to create a non-Islamic form of Uber. <laughs> I'm sure Laura Loomer is a very hardcore Zionist, too, by the way. The far-right activist has been backing Roger Stone. Well, Roger's okay. He's safe now. Matt Geitz and right-wing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Well, I didn't know she was backing Jones. Trump has cast his vote in mail, mail-in vote primary, Florida primaries election, despite repeatedly claiming that mail-in ballots lead to widespread fraud. Uh, of course, they had to throw that into this thing. So is Laura Luber going to win this? Probably, because Trump just gave her the backing for the Republican. Party, and she probably is a super hardcore pro-Trump, and she's also a QAnon follower, which you guys know how I feel about that. And so all of these things are happening around us now, but what it does with me and what it shows me is there's a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel and that people still want to follow alt-news. That's how I look at the Laura Luber thing, alternative news, because at least she's giving some truth in what she's putting out. Quite frankly, the mainstream media puts out pretty much all lies. I mean, I watched part of that the other night. That was like a that was like a, a mental exercise not to scream at the TV set. But by the way, former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, 
he's a pretty good campaign guy too, has been arrested, accused of defrauding donors. For some reason, they want to bring Steve Bannon out of the loop here, take him out. Because, I mean, you know, by the way, Hillary Clinton is still walking free. Bill Clinton, pedophile, weirdo, rapist, still walking free. Obama, fast and furious, IRS gate, you know, still walking free with his Michael buddy. All these people are still walking free, but they decide to arrest Steve Bannon. President Donald Trump's former advisor, Steve Bannon, has been arrested on charges related to a fundraising scheme that prosecutors say defrauded hundreds of thousands of donors who gave money to an online crowdfunding campaign aimed at building a wall on the Mexican border. Federal authorities arrested Bannon on Tuesday morning along with Andre, Andrew Bellatio and several others. As alleged, the defendants defrauded hundreds of thousands of donors. As alleged, listen to this. <laughs> they're already they're already making statements in here that they're guilty. I, I, these people nauseate me. As alleged, the defendants defrauded hundreds of thousands of donors, capitalizing on their interest in funding a border wall to raise millions of dollars under the false pretense that all of the money would be spent on the construction, says U.S. Attorney Strauss. While repeatedly assuring donors that Brian Colfax, the founder of the public face of We Build the Wall, should not be paid a cent, the defendants secretly schemed to pass hundreds of thousands of dollars to Colfax, which he used to fund his lavish lifestyle. You know, that lavish lifestyle, let's talk about Nancy Pelosi, her private jet trips and her hundreds of thousands of dollars of alcohol. Let's talk about those lavish lifestyles. I don't know what Steve Bannon did. I don't know if he's involved in any of that for real. I don't know if any of the ball wall was actually built with the funding that was brought in from these guys. I have no idea. How do we know Steve Bannon was just a front guy and they were using his name to collect stuff that he had no idea what was going on in the inner circles? That's probably more like it. So think through these things when you hear these things and realize that almost all of this stuff is always politically motivated. He's hacked off the wrong people. That was why he's under arrest. Isn't that how it kind of works with Julian Assange? Yeah, the other day, Trump, I'm going to pardon somebody that's going to be so important to pardon. I'm going to pardon them on Tuesday. I'm pardoning somebody. Made this big, great, big thing. He pardoned somebody who's been in dead for 100 years. Oh, yeah, that bad thing, right? I mean, come on, are you kidding me? As far as with women's suffrage 100 years ago, like that was going to make any difference. Pardon Julian Assange. There pardon you go. Snowden. Pardon those guys. For, for If you want to pardon somebody from 100 years who's been long dead, posthumously, whatever. But don't make a big drum roll about something like that. Uh, what do you think, Oz? Oh, that's really well said. I mean, that, me and a buddy of mine were having a conversation about Assange the other day. And the fact that, I mean, Assange technically really did not do anything illegal on the aspect of trying to access or gain the information. He simply just dumped what he got given to him on WikiLeaks. And, I mean, obviously they've made a giant spectacle of him. And that's why they're holding him. They're basically putting him in solitary confinement. In my personal opinion, they're torturing him, either through physical or psychological tactics. And they're doing this to prove a point. This is what they do, the same thing they did to Roger Stone. Anytime somebody does something that they really don't like, and it generally, it generally comes out about speaking the truth. That's generally what it comes down to. When it gets to a point where you hit the nail on the head, and I mean you hit the nail on the head, and you do it with a 10-pound sledgehammer, and it shakes the ground, and everybody goes, holy moly, what is he talking about? I want to know more. That's crazy. Let's find out. All of a sudden, you get the attention of the deep state and the globalist bankers. They go, whoa, 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 whoa. 
the peasants can talk about the Democrats and Republicans and Trump and Biden. That's fine. Well, we give them that. That's bread and circus and soup to keep them locked into their peasantry. But, whoa, you start talking about what we've been doing with war crimes. You start talking about what we've been doing with drug run. You start talking about what we've been doing with illegal drone strikes. You talk about what we've been doing with illegal coups of other countries. Whoa, whoa, and you have evidence to prove it, and you're leaking information from them. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, see, that, see, that's a no-no. So you, you can't talk about that. We can't talk about all the Afghanistan and heroin, because I promise you, if somebody came in, this information, I've been told numerous times, this information is out there. Videotapes, videography, evidence, emails, photos of what goes down in the poppy fields and the transport of this stuff. But everybody is so scared that even has possibly a remnant of this information to actually go public with it because they see what happened to Snowden when he started talking about the NSA and how they dragnetted every single form of electronic communication in the entire world illegally to monitor anything, everybody, everywhere they went all of the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's what Snowden came out with. He was so conflicted about it. He said, I've had enough. I'm going to ruin my career and ruin my life at the slight glimpse, the hope, the glimmer that some people in the United States may wake up to what he did. The problem is a lot of what he's done is in vain because the majority of the sleepy masses don't want to wake up. They, they don't want to know what's going on with this. They'd rather stay asleep. And I understand at some point, sometimes it's frustrating. You got businesses, you got work, you got families. You want the American dream that we were basically given and granted by our founding fathers in this country, the greatest country on earth. You're like, I don't want to deal with this crap. It's ridiculous. It doesn't, it doesn't directly affect me right now, so I'm not going to deal with it. That's really what it comes down to. But the problem with it is it's coming home now. It's no longer something that's just in a WikiLeaks information block it that comes out in an email. It's no longer something that you see as an internet alternative website post. It's coming to your front door right now. USA Today, another article I saw posted on Fox, as far as on a local Fox News, they talked about the mandatory vaccine probability. And they were saying, they said, from a federal standpoint, this is going to be very difficult to do. From a state standpoint, this is going to be very easy to do, because the 1905 ruling between Massachusetts they said, listen, this is probably going to happen. We're, we're looking at a mandatory vaccine where if you don't get it, it's highly probable you're going to be unemployed. Look at the main companies. And this is what I've warned everybody about for years. And, and I know it's, it's part of the capitalistic aspect of what we see in this country, but it's also part of the banker takeover. We have just a few, a few top leading people own majority of all corporations in the United States. Notice how when COVID started, Oh, Walmart, Sam's, Costco, Starbucks. Oh, yeah, these are essential. They're essential. You can go in. You can shop whenever you want. That's fine. You just got to kind of social distance. Their stocks boom. Their sales boom. Couldn't keep stuff on the shelf. They were selling it so fast. Mom and pop store down the road, you're not, you're not essential. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that little gym down the road that everybody keeps training in and everybody stays in shape in that local area? No, we're boarding that up. You can't work out because we told you you can't work out. You're not essential. Costco's essential. You're not essential. Why? Because basically we are the judge, jury, and executioner, and we get to tell you if you're essential or not, and we tell you you're not essential. Shut your door, shut your mouth, or you're going to jail. They've already done it in New Jersey multiple times. Already done it in Plantation, Florida multiple times. We looked at down here in Tampa. Had the guy had a 
board game card shop in Tampa. The beginning of the said, hey, you know what? I understand. I'm not going to let people in. I'm going to do sales over the phone, and I'm going to hand them to them. Uh, you know, open the door, hand them to them. So people can come at the door all day. They can buy my products. I can stay in business. Cops showed up. You can't do this. You're not essential. He goes, how do you get to deem who's essential and non-essential? Where in the Constitution does it grant the government to tell a business if they are essential or non-essential? Sorry, you're not essential. Okay, I'm still going to operate. They come in and handcuff him and haul him off to jail. Now, we're blessed that we had an attorney general down here in the state of Florida that got involved and said, absolutely not. This is getting dropped. This is getting dismissed. This is getting no-build. We are absolutely no way, shape, or form going to try to prosecute this. I was very proud of that situation. But how many other states are doing that? A lot of states are not. And so this is what we have to realize now, guys. It's beyond the point of let's sit back and relax and not say anything because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to have dirty looks when I walk into the store without a mask on. I don't want to have a confrontation every single time I go into a restaurant and telling them I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't want to have to deal with any blowback or conflict because it just uh, makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm telling you guys right now, the level of uncomfortability you're getting from not wearing a mask in a store is minuscule compared to how uncomfortable it's going to be in the next 6 to 12 months if we don't actually start standing up and standing our ground. And you can quote me on that. You think it's obnoxious to get dirty looks? How about dealing with federal agents on your front door demanding you give them information or telling you that you basically are now fired and terminated and have to quarantine in your house indefinitely until you get a vaccine? How long is it going to be until you start having that level of uncomfortability bites you in the butt. I'm telling you guys, right now, this is where it's starting to head, and we all need to start waking up and realizing this is not a pandemic. This is a pandemic designed for one sole purpose, to completely and totally overtake the entire world. Australia, 463 deaths in eight months out of 26 million person population, a death rate of .0017%, and the Prime Minister has the audacity to say we are going to make vaccines as mandatory as we can possibly make them? Are you kidding me right now? Now another good thing that I'm starting to see now, after the shocking footage has been released on JetBlue's show, employees kicking a large family off an airplane after the mother had trouble keeping a mask on her two-year-old daughter, posted online Wednesday two separate videos of the incident, so passengers on the flight yelling at employees for moving the entire family over the issue. At the beginning of the clip, the mother tells the stewardess, do you understand she's two years old? The stewardess goes, I do. She goes, and it's not something we can excuse. She goes, what do you want me to do, tie my hands or tie her hands behind her back? What should we do if we have to basically not, you can't get her to wear it? She goes, we're going to have to deplane you. The mother quickly explained she had no intention of leaving the aircraft. She paid for everybody's flight to wherever they were going. She goes, I can do my best. I could try to get a pacifier in her mouth and try to put a cover over it. Despite attempting to obey and comply with the JetBlue employee's request of masking her two-year-old daughter, the stewardess forced the woman's family off the entire flight. That paid for these flights. These are my seats, and I have six kids. When the stewardess refused to give the woman a second chance, the entire airplane erupted in support of the mother. She didn't do anything wrong, people began to shout. Again, the mother begged the employee to let her family stay on the flight. I'll try to put on her mask, please. The steward said, it's already too late, peasant. I added in the peasant part. 
It's like the doggone Gestapo we're dealing with here. According to JetBlue's website, all travelers two years and older must wear a face mask at all times, covering their nose and mouth throughout your entire journey, including during check-in, boarding, and while in flight and deplaning. This is starting to sound a lot, a lot like full-blown Gestapo Third Reich Germany, guys. You do what we tell you to do when we tell you to do it, or we execute you. Is that where we're going next with this? We're going to start deplaning people, throwing them out, not allowing them to travel freely, unmolested on their way to their place of business or home because they can't get a two-year-old to wear a mask? I have a two-year-old daughter. I have not at one single time ever even considered putting a mask on her at all, period. But I can tell you, if I did try to put a mask on her, she probably would think it's funny for about two to three minutes. Uh, I got a mask on, hee hee. After it gets hot and stuffy and she gets tired of recirculating her own air, she's going to yank it off. And I'm telling you right now, she ain't going to put it back on if she don't want to put it on. She's two years old. You guys have dealt with a two-year-old before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So this is what we're dealing with now in JetBlue, and I hope, I hope this video goes full viral on the Internet. I hope we have a full-blown boycott of JetBlue over this right now. See, the problem is, this is the issue. The airlines are believably cocky right now. They're unbelievably arrogant. They demanded they get a multi-multi-billion dollar bailout because we're going to lose money. We can't function if we don't get money. You know, with the pandemic, okay, here's another $20 billion. So they're floating in money right now. They don't care. They already got this lady's money for her plane ticket. They don't care about kicking her off. They truly think they can do anything and everything because they own the market. I hate to tell them. There's a lot of other airlines out there, and I'm telling you right now, if this starts going on, a lot of these airlines are going to say, dude, we're not going to enforce this. We're not going to enforce it. <laughs> we're not going to do it. We're not going to completely and totally cripple our entire economy of what we're doing because people can't put a mask on a two-year-old. So I encourage everybody, share this video from JetBlue. I'll make sure it goes on the website today. If you do fly on JetBlue, I suggest you stop flying on JetBlue, and I encourage you tell all of your patriotic American friends that are actually awake, do not support them with your money. This is what I've said a hundred times, I'm going to say it again. One of the biggest, most effective tools we have right now is voting with your wallet. If you don't like something, if you don't agree with a company, if you don't like what they stand for, don't give them their money. This is the biggest pet peeve I've had about Starbucks and churches. But I encourage everybody, vote with your wallet because we're in a very pivotal time right now. And if we continue to comply and submit to a full-blown totalitarian takeover of our country and we lose due process and our right to travel freely unmolested on our way, we will shortly lose this country. And the only reason, in my opinion, we have any rights left in this country right now is because we're the most armed country in the entire right, world. Right. And, and all of these bankers, they all know it. They know that we are well trained, not just well armed, because we also have the largest military in the entire world. And that means we have the largest veteran population in the entire world. And they are not forgetting what they served this country for. And they gave some of them all for this country. And to watch it go down the tube right now because the bankers want to control us, I already know a lot of veterans right now. And they are absolutely not happy. And I can tell you, I'm not going to put any information out there, but they are not going to sit by idly and watch our rights stripped from us and the Constitution shredded all in the name of a banker war on this country, Dad. Okay, wow, uh, that was phenomenal. Uh, number one, here's we got to go back to look at regulation. 
It's the regulatory agencies have been put in place by the federal and state governments that are going to implement all of these, all of this draconian crap. And almost all of these people that are in these regulatory agencies are not elected. They're put into positions sometimes for a lifetime. Basically, they cannot be taken out of them except for like due process to basically enforce all of these crazy rules. The FAA really controls the airlines in the United States. They really do. They have them under scrutiny. FFA, again, is a federal government organization which basically has to do everything it's supposed to do via the Patriot Act as far as regulation, as far as, you know, defending the airlines and making sure that we don't have, quote, terrorists get on board using their TSA goons. All of this stuff is based and mired in regulation. That's why doctors who basically stand against the AMA and the regulation that is given by the state boards and want to do alternative health measures, alternative health treatments, they have their licenses stripped. Medical doctors, chiropractors, dentists, it doesn't make a difference. If you don't follow the guidelines they give you, they can come in, have a regulatory agency put you on trial, charge you, and basically take your license away. The board will take your license away. I've seen it happen over and over and over again to medical doctors and chiropractors and to other people who are in the professional's standings that basically don't follow the regulations. Now, some of this regulation is good because it prevents a lot of crazy stuff from taking place and a lot of people from really stealing from other people like they do when you see constantly when the medical doctors will get together and diagnose people who have no disease with cancer just to treat them with chemotherapy and radiation in order to make millions of dollars from the fees and from the insurance companies. That kind of stuff happens, by the way. And same thing with, with, with you know, bypass surgery and all that. They'll diagnose you as having to have bypass surgery, and you don't, just in order to get the surgery fees and the money to the hospitals and the chunk of the pie from the insurance company. That kind of stuff needs to be regulated so it doesn't happen. That's number one. But number two, you don't need this micromanaging regulation. A two-year-old child on an airplane basically having their face, you know, covered is almost an impossible thing to maintain and again you have that stewardess who is you know empowered by her authority now was an airline attendant deciding to it's too late for that peasant get off okay well i've been there with that before 9-11 pitched an unbelievable bad fit almost got arrested on an airplane coming out of europe i mean it was the craziest story you've ever seen we had flown out of i believe north Germany, and we were flying into Chicago to get back to Florida. That's how they routed us on, you know, on a point ticket. And when we got to Chicago, we ran to the airport. The door was open to get on our plane to Orlando. Sharon was behind me with Austin because they couldn't run as fast as me because of Austin. And they closed the door in our face. We were literally 10 seconds late. They wouldn't open the door, wouldn't let us on the plane. About 15 of us were not allowed to fly to Orlando who were on that same flight to Europe. And I pitched a fit. I mean, I had a little hissy fit meltdown on right there in the airport. But that, that was before 9-11, okay? And it ended up, you know, I ended up sending letters to the President of the United States, the Governor of the State of Florida. I'm not joking. Not, this is not hyperbole. I did this. And I mean, like, all my state representatives, you know, you know, all of them, about what happened. And sure enough, American Airlines gave me my points back because I pitched such a little fix. I had, I had, we had to wait for five hours to take the next flight to Orlando. Didn't get into like four a.m. in the morning. Oh yeah, we'd have been back to Orlando by like nine o'clock at night, which is what I wanted to do. But it was a nightmare. It was a giant mess because this airline attendant slammed the door in my face. In fact, they told me because I was at the door before they closed it. They said, "You're going or you're not going. What are you doing?" I said, "My family's right here." The twenty seconds. You're going and you're leaving your family or you're getting on the plane now. This truth happened to me. And I said, well, I've got to wait 20 seconds. I told you, peasant! And slammed the door. Of course, they didn't use the word peasant, but they implied it. And they shut the door right there. And my wife and son ran right up behind me and literally as the door was clicking closed, 
too late. You missed the plane. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? So, yes, I've seen airline attendants do that. Now, Austin's comparison to Nazi Germany on this. I've got to disagree with Austin on this. Right? My mom was in Nazi Germany. And you go, oh, what's, what's Ted going to say now? It, it wasn't this bad in Nazi Germany. No, it wasn't. Not, this, not like this. Not like this, where you're being forced to wear a face mask and you're being forced. I mean, we're talking just general citizens here now. We're not talking about saboteurs. We're not talking about people that are trying to undermine our state's constitution, our country's constitution. We're talking about people who just trying to travel freely and unmolested on their way who are on an airplane. The Germans, the Nazis and the Gestapo and all those guys, it really got bad in Germany after the war started. And so many people were sabotaging German industry, sabotaging the German war effort, sabotaging all the stuff that was going on. Then the Gestapo really cracked down and started going after people that having to have travel papers, et cetera, et cetera, because they were trying to stop all of the spying that was being done and all the sabotage that was justifying what Germany did during the war. And it was horrible during the war. But guys, we're not at war. We don't have people shooting us in the streets from another country. That's not happening right now. But yet we're being treated as if we're in a full-blown international global war and people are being thrown off of airplanes because they can't keep a two-year-old with a mask on. Who does stuff like this? This is worse than it was in Germany. This would be like saying in 1933 or 1934 in Germany, after Hitler had taken power for a couple of years, that they were doing crap like this. They weren't. They weren't doing stuff like this. After they had been persecuted, when Samuel Untermeyer declared war on Germany in 1933 on WABC in New York, international boycott of all German goods coming into the United States and globally to the best of their ability, and tried to cripple, and they did, the German economy, that was declared, he declared war on Germany. Six years later, 1938-1939, they had Kristallnacht, which was horrible what they did. I'm not going to try to justify it. was horrible. But they went against the Jewish shops because of all the things that had been done to the German people and how it affected their economies. Okay, But for all those years before that, there wasn't a huge persecution of Jews in Germany. There wasn't this. They weren't being thrown off of airplanes because their two-year-olds refused to wear a mask. This is worse than what they had in pre-World War II Germany. Much, much worse. But yet we seem to just think it's okay. It's not okay, guys. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Adolf Hitler. You guys know that. I'm a fan of the German people for getting rid of the international banking cartels out of Germany. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them for that, which caused the utter, complete, and total destruction of Germany, including the death of almost all the alpha males. Just thought I'd mention that from a DNA standpoint, from a DNA pool. I mean, don't you think that these wars do that? The South? First World War? Second World War? All the men that were willing to enlist and fight and be alphas and give their lives on the line for the United States of America and for Germany or for France or for England or wherever they were and how they were just butchered and slaughtered by the millions? That has a tendency to affect the DNA of the gene pool, guys. Whether you want to believe that or not, it does. And if you don't think the bankers know that, you, 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 you're out there dreaming in Narnia somewhere. You're probably a first-time listener to this show. They know that. It's all about the eugenics and getting rid of the population that's willing to stand against them. They don't like it when you call them out. The cockroaches don't like it when you turn lights on in the middle of the night in the kitchen and they have to scurry under the refrigerator. 
That's nasty, isn't it? That's why you have to put that broach bait gel out, but don't use spray. You put it in corners where the kids can't get a hold of But I mean, this is ridiculous that we can't call these guys out from a national standpoint and not get eviscerated. And I mean, I mean that very, very sincerely, eviscerated, be completely blocked on social media and all of our other venues that we could do because we call out who in the world is doing this and why they're doing it. Guys, we've got to bring it back to the religious aspect of who God says this is, the synagogue of Satan. If we don't do that, all we do is walk in a complete and total daze of just perpetual confusion of what's going on and how can we fix this. You got to focus it on who the, who the, who the, who the culprits are that do all of this stuff. We got to realize it's the synagogue of Satan. It's the Kabbalists. It's the Luciferians. And I'm going to tell you this again. And I've told you this before. They believe in the zodiac and the symbology and the astronomy, astrology and all the other stuff. And they believe in all this weird stuff. And in October, November of this year, they're going to be under the sign of Mars and under the sign of Scorpio. And they're planning on unleashing hell on this planet in October, November. Now, we continue to pray against that. But guys, these guys are playing for real. And also the guy fussed yesterday and he said, you guys quit writing me and telling me the day after the election this is going to be over with. Guys, let me explain something to those people who feel that way because I know you guys don't. These will be new listeners again probably. Here's the deal. Germany shut down. They're extending the shutdown. They're actually experimenting now with, with giving people socialistic payments every month for not working. Germany shut down. France is shut down. England shut down. The world is shut down. You know, our international trade is the lowest point like ever this past month. They've done exactly what they wanted to to slow down the velocity of money in the M1. Everybody wants to make it all about this election with Donald Trump. Germany doesn't care about Donald Trump. Angela Merkel, the communist, who's still there, by the way, and Benjamin Netanyahu, the communist cabalist, who's still there, by the way, in case nobody noticed, because Rothschild willed it so, for both of those two clowns, you know, they're doing whatever they're being told to do by the Rothschild banking cartel, too, both Netanyahu and Angela Merkel and Macron and all the rest of these guys. It has nothing to do with our election of the United States. So thinking this is all going to change at the end of the middle of November when the elections are over with, guys, they're all in. They're all in this time. We've got to be all in. We've got to be all in with our prayer, with our confessions, with our unity of the believer, all of us. Because, guys, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice in us in, in it. And I will continue to stand with every breath in my body and every breath in my lungs to know and to do what's right for the great I am. Austin, finish it up. Well, that's exactly right. And, I mean, that's why you have to start looking at other ways to get information out there. And that's why we've tried to use platforms now to keep it independent of a lot of these big social media giants. Because the social media giants are going to keep censoring. Everybody keeps complaining. And we can keep making a big fuss about it. I fully agree with that. But at some point in time, we're going to have to figure out other ways to get information out there. Because Facebook's completely compromised. I mean, you have Karen Graham who's a misinformation process manager. Basically, she is what they call a fact checker, an independent fact checker for Facebook. She's tasked with deeming anything misinformation that she doesn't like, basically. Carte blanche, no oversight. Now, it's ironic about her, Miss Karen Graham. What few people know about Karen Graham, one thing, her being one of the biggest misinformation process managers for Facebook, 
She worked for the CIA, <laughs> 2004 to 2020, 16-year career as an operations officer with the agency's director of operations. Oh, that's, that, there's no conflict there. You have somebody that worked in the CIA for 16 years, and now she works as an independent contractor as a misinformation fact checker for Facebook. See, they don't hire right-wing conservatives as fact checkers. She even has on her Facebook and I think her LinkedIn page, she has on there the giant Black Lives Matter street mural that's in Washington, D.C. that was completely and totally unlawful, in my opinion. I've never seen anything like that approved at any other point in time in history to be done on a private road, not a private road, a public road that's county-maintained or city-maintained. Um, so that shows you right there what they're doing. If it doesn't go what they want, they're given full-blown oversight. Do whatever you want. Don't my block. Them, ban them, just shut it down as misinformation, fake news. If you don't like what they say, just get rid of it. They're doing it all across the board of tactical uh, SH Asterisk T's, one of the big companies that sells firearm gear, huge company actually. They had their Facebook page, his personal Facebook page, his backup page, all of it taken down for fake news. And he doesn't even post anything really obscure on there. This is being done again right now intentionally because they want to make sure they can control the narrative all the time. So thank you again for supporting Health Masters, getting this information out there, talking to people, waking people up, standing your ground on this right now. Be sure if you need anything, give us a call, healthmasters.com, the ultimate multiple powder, the new flavor, the one that's basically not quite as sweet. Formula we put together for everybody's on sale for over 20% off as product of the week. So be sure to vote for what you want to see win at healthmasters.com. Thank you again for your support, guys. Continue to train, continue to exercise, stay healthy. It's one of the biggest things you can do right now. Stay healthy and stay prepped. And thank you again for everything. Have a great night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.